Hello, my name is Doug Thompson. I'm with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and I'm here today to have a discussion about diversity and inclusion in Northwest Arkansas. What's the state of the union, so to speak, for this region on those matters? And I'm here today with a, with a distinguished panel that I'm going to let each one of them introduce themselves on that. Um, hello, my name is Sonia Gutierrez, and I'm a Fayetteville City Council member, artist, and entrepreneur in the community. Good morning, I'm DeAndre Jones, and I serve as chairman of the City of Fayetteville African American Advisory Council. I'm a local uh, social justice uh, advocate. Hello, my name is Richard Laraya, and I'm with the uh, Marshall East Educational Initiative, and I'm a program manager. Good morning, I'm Latresa Hill Chandler and I'm the Diversity and Inclusion Officer for Our Best Bank. Okay, uh, let's get started and I'll just basically, I'm going to throw it open to people who actually know about this question. When I look out on a sea of faces anywhere in any crowded region in Northwest Arkansas, I see a whole lot of people who look like me. I'm, what's it like to not have that? Who wants to take that first? I'll take it first. All right, thank you. So, it's interesting because um, I moved to Northwest Arkansas from Indianapolis, Indiana, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I lived in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I was born and raised in Magnolia, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. So, those are three completely different types of landscapes, and quite honestly, culturally, there are three different types of landscapes. Mm -hmm. So you move from um, kind of segregation to I attended an HBCU to all kind of one type of group of people. Yeah. And then I moved to Indianapolis and it's back kind of a melting pot. And then I come here and just as you said, I don't see a lot of faces that look like me. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting. I find it to be um, an opportunity, definitely. Yeah. And I think that more people, the more people see themselves in other people, the more they kind of become more comfortable. And it's kind of, I know for the African-American community, when we see other African-American people, we are just like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> how are you? It's yes. good to see you. I'm, um, I'm laughing, but yeah, I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like being on a desert island and seeing another boat out absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, so my daughter, um, who attended three years of school here, and she was the only African-American girl in her grade. And I have to specify that, not her mm -hmm. class, but her grade. And so I always, there are no African-American teachers, there are no mm -hmm. African-American administrators, there is just her in her grade. Um, and so I often would ask, is she lonely? Does she feel lonely that she can't relate? Now, we see it one way as being an adult. We see it as, I don't see people that look like me, it's hard to relate. Mm -hmm. She didn't see it the same way. So I just, again, I see it probably as more of an opportunity for us to kind of attract and get more people that looks like me. Mm -hmm. I was struck talking to, to someone uh, recently who, who um, when I pointed out, look, 2% of the, of the population in Northwest Arkansas is a lot of people. I mean, it, it, you could argue it's a large co community. She pointed out two things to me. Number one, a very large portion of that 2% African-American are college kids. They don't run in the same circles. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and the other thing is, is that still doesn't change the fact you go somewhere, you see a sea of faces, and they just don't look like you. Right. What, if anything, uh, can be done about that except let um, the trends towards diversity take their course? I'll attempt that one first. Um, I work as, a, as an adjunct professor at uh, Ecclesia College, and one of the questions every semester what can we do to be more diverse? And I believe that um, awareness brings compassion, compassion brings empathy, and then of course, empathy that brings change throughout the community. So one of the things that I believe that we must do first, there must be awareness. We must have what we consider crucial conversations, and we must, when we're having those conversations, we must be able to be uncomfortable and then I feel as though then I believe that we must be intentional and deliberate on making sure that we continue these conversations as difficult as they are but not only having conversations but making sure that when uh, in our government that when we uh, have policies and laws when we look around the table and make sure that every perspective is represented mm -hmm. and I believe that that's the key to change mm -hmm. and I believe that when we're able to do this from the community then our corporations and our schools, well, it makes it easier for them. But I do believe that all of this begins with awareness. And that means, you know, uh, visiting your own biases. And we all have them. Mm -hmm. We all have them. And so being able to make yourself uncomfortable uh, by visiting these biases, by having these conversations and these conversations leading to uh, policies being uh, policies that are negatively impacting people of color, making sure that um, we, making sure that we have every perspective at the table, at all tables. Do, do the uh, Hispanic and Marshallese communities in Northwest Arkansas at least have the feeling of a greater feeling of community and not so much isolation here? What do you think? Richard? I'm sorry, can you please repeat? In your case, in your case, the Marshallese community, the Pacific Islanders, do they have less of a feeling of isolation because they seem to have a larger, more close-knit community? Um, I think, you know, it's not less because we have a lot of people coming in every year um, mm -hmm. and every month. You know, we're new to here, and we, I mean, um, we don't even know anything what's going on here out here in um, oh, Arkansas. I see. And um, so it's it's you know our back in our country it's very different. Um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know when we first come here, you know, only things we know is just how do we connect to our people, um, and for us to connect with non Marshallese is you got to start by building a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, you know. It's, it's a big difference uh, for us. Yeah, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's one thing. There's, there's culture shock and there's feeling of isolation when you move from Indianapolis. But moving from the Pacific <laughs> yeah. is a little bit more of a huge transition. Right. Yeah, It's not just the cultural, but it's also the language barrier. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the major issue nowadays with uh, our newcomers. It's, uh, English is our second language, and you know we don't speak that at in our homes back in the island. Uh, we speak Marshallese, so right. I think that's another things that uh, you know, you know, lack of like 
access to many resources. You know, families can, uh, you know, if there's uh, they have a doctor appointments or whatever, you know, they need mm -hmm. they can go because you know uh, most of them don't speak English, mm -hmm. and you know we have so many barriers. But I think those are the uh, major one is the language barrier and uh, the relationships okay. between non-Marshallese. Go ahead, ma'am. Yeah, so um, one of the things I um, really, I think, like to help people understand is the, the multi-generations, which has kind of come up a little bit. And so, um, you know, I, I'm uh, on one side of my family, I'm first generation Mexican-American. Mm -hmm. On the other side, I'm second generation. Um, my, my life looks so different. Born in the U.S., born in Bryan, Texas. Uh, my dad was uh, is a college graduate from the uh, from Texas A&M. Don't hold it against me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, Walk to football season. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I grew up in a very, uh, what I would say, uh, you know, fairly privileged middle class family. Um, a lot of the Hispanics that we're seeing, especially in Northwest Arkansas, are coming, you know, as an immigration uh, situation to escape or, or mm. seek asylum. Um, you know, their parents brought them here uh, undocumented. Um, so my ex personal experience is very different. Um, but I think culturally, you know, there's an, a really cool opportunity because I feel like with my privilege of being able to be born in the United States, um, and then become a leader in the city, I see a lot of people just so hopeful and so mm -hmm. excited and so thrilled. And I go to the schools or I'll walk around and um, it brings a lot of hope for people to see someone like themselves in a position of leadership. So I think, you know, kind of going back to some of the things you were saying is having the people, um, you know, diverse diversity at the table is really key. Um, but I feel like in terms of walking around in the city, there's, I have such a, in, in Northwest Arkansas, I have such a different experience than a lot of people, you know, maybe that are first generation, second generation, third generation. And even within that, which I would love to take the opportunity now to say, is that there's a huge variety of, of political uh, of huh? views. And um, one of the things I really get upset about around campaign time is that, you know, Hispanic means one political view. And, you know, my parents voted one way and I voted another way. Mm -hmm. And it's a generational thing, maybe, and maybe it's not. I don't know. But I think um, the diversity within the community is so great and the needs and the in interests are so different um, that a lot of times we just, you know, get dropped into one bucket. And uh, But I think, um, you know, Values-wise, we value family, we value community, we value ethic, work ethic, we value um, art and culture, and so those are the things that connect us, and we love that. So that's kind of a little bit. What would each of you say to somebody who said, hey, we're Northwest Arkansas, we don't have the, you know, history of overt prejudice that the other parts of the world play. Everything here is fine. What would you say? Who wants to start with that one? I'll pick it back up. All right. Go yeah. Ahead. Um, I, you know, I would say the 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 reality is that um, there's ignorance everywhere, but there's also there are also allies everywhere. Um, I didn't get to the position I got without help and friends and people who of all 
you know, backgrounds and ethnic backgrounds to where I am today. But I do think that if you're putting out that energy of, you know, look, you know, everyone's, everyone's terrible. Everyone's out to get me. Everyone is, you know, help helping me. I think that you're, you're just not going to get that help. So I do think it takes a certain amount of open-mindedness and seeing opportunity, um, as Latricia said, and, but I think we have to be realistic there. I've, I purposely don't necessarily travel, um, in the smaller towns outside of Fayetteville by myself. I just don't at night. Mm -hmm. I just don't. That's a sad situation. Y'all that's sad. We're in Arkansas in like night 2019, but so I, you know, as a woman, I think about those things, um, Maybe it's more because I'm a woman. Maybe it's because I'm a brown woman. I don't really know. Um, but so the I, I I just would be realistic with them and tell them, you know, how that's where that's kind of where I am with it. DeAndre, you want to say something? Yes. Um, to piggyback on what Patricia and Sonia both said, this is not. I've had this conversation, and this is an opportunity to educate. Mm -hmm. And depending on who's asking the question, it makes perfect sense. If a person who was not a minority, if they were asking the question, of course, mm -hmm. everything's you know fine in your community and in your neighborhood and in your family. But when was the last time you had this conversation with the person that was a minority? Mm -hmm. So that my experience so. and that person's experience is different. Therefore, this is a teaching opportunity. Okay. Now, I would agree that not so much Northwest Arkansas um, mm -hmm. is as problematic as some other areas. Um, working at the bank now, I've had the opportunity to branch out, pun intended, mm -hmm. branch, branch, <laughs> branch, um, to, um, to see other parts of Arkansas. Um, and for the first time ever, I had an experience in the Harrison, Yaleville, Flippin area. And as we know about that, yes. um, the, the racial implications that come with Harrison, Yaleville. Um, and in, in part of that, you know, one of my experience, um, for most people are, everybody has blind spots. And mm -hmm. the people that were in that community didn't even see some of the things that I saw. So one of the things that I think we can do um, is, is not be in this Northwest Arkansas bubble um, and think that everything's okay mm -hmm. when we don't see as as visible mm -hmm. um, racial connotations like some other parts of Arkansas, and then just continue to try to change the narratives. Mm -hmm. So um, that works both ways. It I was does. At, I was at a meeting and I'm sitting here and heard the Fayetteville police chief say at this meeting said, "Look, somebody's got a brake light out." something like that we were sort of speeding or something we pull them over to us it's no big deal there's no no tension there but we found students from the college who come to the university who come from different parts of the united states it's a very big deal and it gets very tense so on one hand things relatively speaking are better here than in other places Absolutely. but you can't live on this island Oh, yeah, the bubble. Yeah. 
there will be times where you're going to have to leave. And I would love to say a story real quick. And and for Harrison, um, I was invited. I've been recently doing some DJing, wedding DJing. Oh, okay. And I had a friend. (laughs) This is kind of my fun creative outlet. And also extra cash because I don't know if y'all know, but City Council makes $50,000 a year. Uh, I only make. uh, So anyways, I have to, uh, you know, supplement my my income. But um, but I was, I, I. a lot of other DJs did not take the opportunity. And so I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it. So here I went. Well, I didn't go by myself. I, I had the, the owner of the company who's an Asian woman. And we went, had an absolutely fun time. The only weirdest thing about it is one of the people didn't know what a DJ was. And I was like, now that is problematic. <laughs> but I, we, you know, we had really no problems. We stopped for gas. We had the party. We did the party. And it was great, and so I was did it ho- on the hopeful part too, you know, because there is a there is a stigma mm-hmm. there with Harrison, mm-hmm. um, but uh, left very hopeful. So I okay. think there are places, and um, it was at the Harrison Country Club. Oh, I've nice. heard that. I've heard that. The Harrison Country Club. You look like you want to say something. Yeah. So so um, I kind of agree with um, what um, the rest are saying, and I think we're we that missing piece of puzzle, uh, like everybody else. Um, I feel like we're we're unrecognized, you know, because back in 1946 to 1954, um, uh, the World War II and one, and you know, mm-hmm. we're not in the history. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody does who are Marshallese and where we come from. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know this. Uh, you know, it's it's an undocumented thing. You know, I get these questions every time. You know. Who, who are you guys? Where you guys come from? You know, where are you guys in the map? And you know, I feel like you know, we're you know, we're all different people, but we mm-hmm. we we bleed the same blood. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. so, that's right. Yeah. Um, blunt topic here. Um, there's a perception that things are better or better here than other places, as we've already discussed. Part of that reason that maybe it's perceived as a better place is because there's never been a big enough minority community here where anybody's ever have to do any actual power sharing. Okay, and this gets back to what you were saying about being on the city council and that being such a big break with the past. Who wants to, uh, to, to talk about that? I mean, that that's not going to be true much longer. DeAndre? I'll take that one. Um... From what from what we from what we understand and been told, Fayetteville was one of the very first schools in the state, I, I believe Charleston and Fayetteville, yes. to integrate. Yes. And so that was wonderful because to your point, mm-hmm. there were very few African Americans. So there may not have been a level of intimidation. It may have been something where we're, since the number was so small, we're able to manage and control it. So when we start talking about diversity and inclusion and I also add equity. It's interesting that when we have that conversation, I'm noticing that everybody's saying, yes, we need more diversity. However, what is your perception of diversity? When we start talking about inclusion, I'm noticing that people are beginning to be less comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I feel that one of the challenges is people don't quite understand the effectiveness of diversity, that you cannot have true diversity without inclusion and equity. Because both require you to do what? Diversity is, to me, it's more you're giving up a space. Yeah. But 
with inclusion and equity, you're giving a part of yourself. And sometimes when we're having this conversation, I know when I'm talking with students and when I'm doing a lot of the work here in Fayetteville, uh, I did a lecture, uh, White Fragility. And one of the things that came up, we talked about privilege. And so many people have an issue with having the conversation about race because you have to address privilege. Mm -hmm. And receiving something because of, not necessarily because you earned it, but because in this instance, because of the color of your skin. And so a lot of people, they tense up. And so it goes back to being able to make, being able to be uncomfortable. Uh, I shared this with my students. As an African-American in Northwest Arkansas, and I'm sure that Latricia will agree, we've had to learn how to navigate in every culture. We have to be black. We have to understand okay. you know, being black, but also too, we have to understand how the white community works. Now let us ask ourselves, as, the, as other communities outside of ours, how many times do you have to learn about the black culture the way we have to learn about the white culture? I don't. I'm the same person at home as I am at the office as I am you know, in any social setting. And this, I think, reflects not to. This is exactly what Richard was was talking about. Mm -hmm. There's a separateness there. But anyway, Leandre, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. And you. oh, no mm -hmm. worries. So we're told bring your authentic self to work. Are you? Do you really want it? <laughs> Have you ever seen my authentic self? So yeah, okay. Say that. Let me make a shirt that says that. Do you really want it? <laughs> but what happens when Sonia? When we're having a. Uh, let's say something at work and Sonia and then Richard when they bring their authentic selves in are we expecting them to assimilate uh -huh. or acculturate because assimilation we have the opportunity and when I say we the majority we control it but when you when acculturation takes place guess what that's when we're able to bring our authentic selves the question on the table is Northwest Arkansas a community of assimilation or acculturation that's great I think we also need to start focusing on everything you just said. I am, I am, if you could, if I could high five you, I would. Um, we also need to focus on not just the, uh, we need to focus on the impact and not just the intention. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people mm -hmm. are still saying, or, or they have well intended. I, I don't, yeah. I don't doubt that certain people have well intent intentions, but they also need to be mindful of the impact that even the smallest things that you say or you recognize or you exclude to some point. You have to fit. Um, mm -hmm. And in this community, as you as you say, um, the question was, do we feel like we we are um, in this bubble because we don't have a lot of minorities? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it goes back to everything you just said, the fact that we are, we have the capability to understand that we do have to kind of um, know a little bit about the other cultures in order to kind of, and I don't want to use the word fit in, but the, but fit in, that we, we don't what stand out yeah. so much and we don't, and it's in a box and it's a struggle, mm -hmm. especially when you come from places that, that everybody just kind of goes together in this together and not have to worry about race now people don't want to talk about race mm -hmm. people want to talk about yeah diversity mm -hmm. is the makeup of all of this i got that because diversity mm -hmm. is representation mm -hmm. but you have to start somewhere and you have to start with what with the difficult conversation of race mm 
I'm going to, uh, you'll see where I'm going with this in a minute, but, but you said you had a, a child who was the only, only. Uh, bo boy or girl? Girl. Girl. When she was in school, did other students ask her, hey, can I touch your hair? Oh, yeah, it came up. She has braids. Um, and she said they would come and say, and I would have to um, encourage her because what she saw was different. And she didn't understand, I'm different, and everybody else is one way, and I'm another. I don't even see another person with braids, Mom. So I had to explain to her how different was acceptable. And we're going to see a whole lot of people that don't look like you. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You are still princess. <laughs> you are still smart. You are still... So it takes a little bit more of encouragement that I think that her other classmates may not have needed. Yeah. Um, but she she saw how I had to explain to her how different was okay um, in this community, and then we would go some other places, and her cousins have braids, and it's mm -hmm. okay. And she would see, you know, I keep stuff in front of her with people who look like her, and say, look how this looks. But it is difficult. I'll be mm -hmm. completely candid. It's difficult when you don't see any teachers. You know, you mm -hmm. see it, you mm -hmm. can be it. And she don't see it, mm -hmm. so I have to constantly encourage her that you can be it, mm -hmm. even though you don't see it every day. And the reason I raise that, that story, the reason I ask that question is this. The other students weren't hateful. No. They weren't trying to pick on her. Curious. But it still amounted to a declaration that you aren't like the rest of exactly. us. And that was what she faced yep. as, a, as a young child. Yep. And that's important. That matters. Um... So you know, yeah. Let me say this too. Go right ahead. Um, I just was talking about, I've kind of been in sharing my, in coming into this role in diversity and inclusion at our best, mm -hmm. um, I've been sharing a little bit more. I feel like common ground bonds us a little bit. We all are different, but I guarantee you around this table, we all have something in common that we just don't see, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on. And it's mm -hmm. interesting when I have this conversation and I, I am so adamant about um allowing people to see the variety of perspectives that I focus on what we have in common. That's kind of my thing. I'm like, we got to find out something we have in common. Interestingly enough, I've been telling the story of, um, as I mentioned, I'm from L.A., <laughs> Lower Arkansas. Um, <laughs> I've heard that term before. <laughs> and my senior year in high school, um, there was a black prom and a white prom. Mm -hmm. 1992. Oh, yeah. Black. 1992. Yeah, that was not a, that's not, I okay. covered South Arkansas for years and years, okay. yeah. So, so that's the thing. People always go, 92. No, you didn't say 62, 72. You said 92, yes. And from that, I talk a little bit about me and how my passion kind of rose up a little bit around mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. The fact that I went to a high school that we had separate proms. I then went to a college that was all black. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Indianapolis that was a mix of both. And then I come back here. Mm -hmm. So I have to say, you have to understand my story a little bit to mm -hmm. understand, oh, she has all these other things going on. And she has a baseline for race discussions, yep. not just diversity and inclusion. So that's mm -hmm. important. People don't want to talk about race. Well, yeah. Because it's uncomfortable. And it's uncomfortable, especially in this part of the region. Where, hey, we didn't have a black prom. Yeah. Everything's supposedly great. Yeah. But, but it's but not. <laughs> That goes back to the statement or even the question. I remember when we first started doing Black History Month Fayetteville, and I was, I believe, the very first one, Sonia, and correct me if you, if I 
get this wrong, I think it was maybe 2014 or 2015, we were all sitting around the table and we had a gentleman say, you know, I don't see color. And I said, okay. I, I, I said, okay, because truly in my heart, I know what he meant. However, <laughs> what I did, I took out a picture of a rainbow. Mm-hmm. I said, what's so beautiful about the rainbow? And everybody was like, the different colors. I said, the different what? <laughs> the different colors. I said, are you sure? There you, go. you just said you don't see color. I said, do you mean that you don't discriminate because of color? Is that what you mean? He was like, yeah. I said, then say that. Say that. Because to, to not see my color is to not see me. me. That's the impact versus intention. Right, right. I understand what your intent right. was, but the impact of you saying you don't see color means you don't see me. And so, right. And so when we're hiring or when we are electing individuals or when we're making decisions at the table, we must see color. You have to. When I look around this room and I'm like, you know what? There's no diversity. Well, I never thought about that. Well, that's not true. Did you take a closer look? Or are you so busy looking at yourself and your own interest? And I think that's a topic for a whole nother. <laughs> you know what? I th- one could make the argument that there's no more difference between skin pigmentation than there is an eye color. One could make that argument. But as you described, um, there's a whole wide world difference between having that skin pigment and having the life experiences you get from it. Yeah. I mean, you just, even, even though, you know, you come here having, like you say, you, L.A., <laughs> Memphis, what have you. Yeah. Your parents and what have you. From El Paso, Texas. El Paso, Texas. Yeah, stuff like yours from the other far side of the world. Right. <laughs> it's different. And here's the thing. If I'm an old white guy, and if I drive out of here to another town somewhere else, I'm going to be pretty much treated the same way mm-hmm. that I am here. Yeah. Not true for you, not true for you, not true for you, not true for you. That doesn't happen. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to want to ask about is, you, DeAndre, I'm glad you brought up the rainbow analogy. You say diversity, and some people think division. Same root word. Okay? It's, it's balkanizing us. It's, 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 it's um, fragmenting us. Let's talk about diversity as strength, as not having blind spots, as having more than one perspective on things, that sort of thing. Who wants to take, who wants to go with that one? Oh, I would love to chat about it real quick. Um, well, I can see Richard's getting close to the microphone. <laughs> well, we'll do him next. Um, one of the things I, uh, I my air, passion areas is entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I always tell people, uh, if you want your company to succeed, you should definitely have a diverse, um, you know, group of at least advisors, if not people who are on your team, because it's money is green. Yeah. And if you know how a different variety of people spend their money and how your company can work with that variety of people and how they want to, you know, invest in your company and buy your widget then you better have a close connection with the people, the variety of people that could spend money. And I think that that is one economic 
real impact that I try to help people to see in that way. Obviously, um, within government, it's very important because we're making a lot of decisions that affect a lot of people. And we just do it, you know, we do it kind of blindly, but if we don't have anybody thinking on the perspective of all, you know, living living DeAndre's life, you know, living mm-hmm. Richard's life, I can't. Right. I can only li- tell from my life, but at least if I invite Richard or Leticia, then at least, you know, we I, I can feel good that, hey, you know, their voice was heard. Mm-hmm. Richard, you want to say something? Uh, please, um, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I hear the word diversity, gosh, strength, you know, Every day I see racial comments on Facebook, you know, every time a Marshallese, you know, do something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, I, I read that comments and, you know, I want to fire back, but in my heart, you know, it's like, it, it's not me causing the problem, it's this Marshallese. So I see all these racial comments, it's, it's within, uh, uh, you know, you know, we all come here, uh, we all have purpose to come here to work, uh, to get education. And, um, you know, we all speak different language. And, you know, when I, I mean, to me, uh, diversity, strength, it means, uh, like, for my community, Marshallese community, you know, we come here to get better education. You know, if you see all these chicken plants, you know, it's a lot of Marshallese. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are undergraduate some of them don't have degree but at, at least they're doing something for you know what mm-hmm. everybody's doing and um, you know I kind of you know I don't have the words for it but I feel like um, you know you know these are the things that you know reason why Marshallese not just within the Marshallese community um, uh, but I think we need for us Marshallese community to get involved when, with so many things, um, we are, you know, we need to get, we need to have a leader on board, like uh, within the with state level and, um, mm-hmm. you know, school, school board member. Mm-hmm. You know, that way we can all connect to each other. Um, someone to follow and someone to speak for. Look, I'll be very candid. We've tried to make inroads uh, in, in, in the Marshallese and uh, to, because there's news angles that affect them, and we've had some difficulty finding somebody willing to stand up and, and, and speak out for that community. And, yeah, it would help if you had somebody, not, I mean, not, not, you know, a leader for everybody to follow blindly, but somebody who's a leader who can sit there and say, yeah, our point of view on this particular issue is... And then give it, understanding that it's not necessarily a monolithic point of view, you know, uh, not speaking for some homogenous whole, something like that. Um, whatever progress or lack of it there is on, on diversity and inclusion in this, in this region, we haven't talked much about equity. Mm-hmm. DeAndre brought it up. And you brought up entrepreneurship and, and such as that. Uh, you know, granted, it's kind of hard to, for everybody to be equitable when you've got, you know, the Waltons and mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. and whatever on top. But you know where I'm getting at here. Is there, is there equal opportunity here? I had a conversation with someone the other day, and we talked about this very same thing. 
we look at equity a lot. What's equitable? So a lot of people are saying, oh, equality. Equality and equity don't mean the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so there are many different examples. And one of the examples that sticks out the most was one that I saw an image on Facebook. And we had, we had the three boys and one was you know tall, one was average and one was short. And one of the things that I'm noticing, a lot of people aren't willing to have a conversation about equity mm -hmm. because they don't quite understand it. Everybody's saying, you know, equality. Well, first of all, in the United States, have we truly achieved equality? Electing an African-American president is not a reflection of equality. It's not. I mean, it's, a, it's, 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 it, it, it's progressive and um, that's great, but it's not equitable. Mm -hmm. Equity sustains. Mm -hmm. It sustains. It makes sure that every voice not only has access to resources, but we are intentional. The majority, we have created opportunities to make sure that we're not only providing you with the re we're not only pointing you in the direction of resources, but what we're doing is, hey, we're making sure that not only are there jobs online, you have a computer. Not only do you have a computer, yep. we're teaching computer courses in the projects. We're making sure that you have access to everything that's going to do what? Address the achievement gap, close the achievement gap. So that's what I think about when I think about equity. And equity is not always a race thing, but it does oftentimes when there are inequities, African Americans are impacted the most. And when, when you look at school funding, yeah, to say that, oh, uh, kids that are wealthier or from wealthier districts are smarter. If you have resources that I don't, then what's going to happen to you and to me? Mm -hmm. When the equity's there now, equality, we're both provided what? An education, mm -hmm. right? We're given an education, but is it equitable? Is it equitable? So are we getting, we're, we're both receiving a public school education, but let's look at the resources. Let's look at the opportunities. And so when I think about equity, I think about opportunities that are available mm -hmm. to those who are most vulnerable and that we're making sure that we are sustaining these communities by providing not only resources, but making sure that they have access, not just available, but making sure that you know how to get to where you need to go. And it's going to change the life, not just your life, but generations to come. And that's when our community I believe that's when we, as a community, that's when we grow and succeed. Okay. All of y'all have been very generous with your time and have, have answered the heck out of my questions. <laughs> what have I not asked about that needs to be said or that you just want to say? Can I ask that of each of you? I think, um, you know, as people in our roles, that have the ability to um, influence and become change makers and trendsetters around thought and inclusion around this area. We have to boldly um, be able to authentically really be ourselves. I think we mm -hmm. have to continue. We have the platform to talk about what our purpose is um, and it's more than just externally. I think around the table I've gotten to know each of you a little more intimately today. So I see that there is definitely a passion for us to continue the work. I don't think that we need to 
to look at this as any type of sprint. It's definitely a marathon. And I think that we all have to remain open-minded when we start to talk about these things, but we still have to unapologetically talk about them from our perspective. And I think we have to make sure that people understand it, that I'm open to talking about it. I'm open to having the conversation. I even tell people at our best, I hug differences instead of pushing them away. Mm -hmm. So um, anytime you need a hug, just let me know. So that's kind of <laughs> what I wanted to say. <laughs> okay, that's very good. Uh, well, you know, uh, this is new to me, you know, coming here, uh, talking to you guys, knowing you guys the first time. You know, I feel like, you know, we all want the same thing, it's change. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and for our gener young generation, you know, I, I think it's pretty much, you know, what practice what we preach, especially with leaders. Um, but I think we're, we're hoping one day, you know, you know, open for change. Okay. Northwest Arkansas is a great place to live for so many reasons, and I think that we have the opportunity to lead not only the state, but to lead the, to lead the country. And I think that we can't talk about, I don't think that we can fairly assess what's happening in this community as it relates to diversity without addressing some of the major uh, changes that have made when we think about Springdale back in the early 1990s when the sign was there, when we think about you know what Walmart has done as it relates to you know bringing individuals from all walks of life, what Fayetteville has done with the Black Lives Matter banner. So we've done a lot of great things here and I mm -hmm. think that we can commend ourselves for that, but we don't need to rest on those laurels. We need to be more intentional, be more deliberate, uh, develop more awareness and I believe that that's when we'll see change and I feel that um, that it's coming I do uh, I think these conversations are certainly certainly I think they usher in change but I do believe that one of the things and when we are working out and in sports or going through school anything that's rigorous it requires sacrifice and I believe that sacrifice has to be made in order for us to establish a fully diverse, inclusive, and equitable community. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having us today. Um, I want to encourage all of the listeners and um, your followers to share this because I think that's how um, these kinds of conversations can continue. And so uh, I just want everyone to know that we appreciate you listening to us, and I want to encourage you to take the time to find a friend somebody that you work with or that you you haven't really spoken to before and just tell them that you're willing to listen and and in the listening uh, op opportunity that you have is to check yourself um, that you're not feeling um, you know so worried about what you have done and what you haven't done but just take the time to listen and we're not asking people to feel at least for myself I'll speak for myself to feel guilty about it to feel bad about it to feel judged about it um, just accept it as a washing over of someone's mm -hmm. voice and that voice needs to be heard and the more that power that you give for people to opportunity to listen to them the more healing that can continue to happen and you're hopefully will be enlightened to think hey you know have more empathy that's mm -hmm. not my situation but i know that probably somebody else has had that similar situation thank all of you very much appreciate it